What's going on, everybody? So this is one of the wonkiest podcasts I've ever recorded. You know, I record these pods the night before I upload them. And then usually on a weekday like today, I upload them after I finish my shift at work. I work mornings and into early afternoon, and that's usually when I upload the pod. Now, I had finished everything. I had recorded everything. And right as I'd finished everything, Evan Petzold of the Free Press had announced that Alavila was going to be calling a press conference over Zoom at noon today. Now, obviously, if you're listening to this, you know that that news has officially broke, that press conferences happened. Casey Mize, Tarek Skubal, and Isaac Paredes have all been called up by the organization. Dowell Lugo has been designated for assignment, likely to never be heard from again by this organization. This is very weird. And the podcast you're about to listen to does feature a few references to me getting angry about the fact that Mize isn't here. I I can't erase that. I apologize for not being able to tell the future. So it may be a little bit wonky listening to it right now, and I will discuss it far more in-depth on tomorrow's pod, but I do want to let people know right now, if you haven't seen the video I uploaded, I'll probably reiterate a lot of what I said here. This is unbelievably exciting. I'm a very happy person today. I need people to understand, though, that there will be a learning curve with these guys. They will not come up right away and dominate the league. I think they will be wonderful players, and I God, I can't wait to see them. Can't wait to see them. But I preach patience. With that said, it's it's even I understand why some people are even having a hard time with patience. This is the first legitimate ray of hope we've seen at the major league level in several years, and I understand the the abundance of joy that a lot of people, including myself, are feeling right now. At the risk of sounding overly sappy, I'm very proud of these guys. Uh, these guys have had high expectations for a while. They so far have lived up to those expectations, and they deserve to be playing at the major league level. Uh, I think it's a bit ridiculous they weren't called up sooner. And I will discuss it far more the closer we get to their debuts, you know, especially on tomorrow's pod. But I just want to let everyone know that I am obviously aware of the news. It is phenomenal news. It's exciting news. I can't wait to talk about it more. I apologize if the podcast you're about to listen to sounds a little bit wonky. It is. Uh, we live in, in a world that travels very fast, and news can, can change in the blink of an eye, and it did. But I just wanted to make this little prologue to tell people how excited I am, how awesome this is, how much I just can't wait to see these guys in the major leagues wearing a Tigers uniform officially. I hope they're here to stay forever, truthfully. This is a wonderfully exciting day. And I'll talk more about it tomorrow, but for the time being, enjoy the podcast. What is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked on Tigers. I am your host, Chris Castellani. Pretty miserable weekend of baseball as the Tigers got swept yet again by the Cleveland Indians. They go from being 9-7 and to 9-10 and following a three-game sweep at the hands of the Tribe. Three games to talk about, and in fairness to this god-awful team, they actually did give me a fair amount of material to work off of, so I am grateful for that. And a majority of the show, especially the first segment, will be me recapping the the weekend that was this three-game set against the Tribe that ended ultimately with the Tigers losing their 18th, 19th, and 20th consecutive games to that ball club down in Cleveland. And then in segment two, I will preview tonight's pitching matchup as the Tigers go to guaranteed rate field to take on the White Sox. But I'll start with Friday's ball game, a 10-5 loss, obviously, to the Indians. Ivan Nova pitched, and, and I gotta, we gotta find a term 
to describe what it is that happens when a Tigers starter has an awful start and the chorus of people clamoring for Casey Mize uh, continues. I, I, I don't know. I'm not clever enough to come up with what that term is, but it happened again on Friday. Ivan Nova was absolutely dreadful. Three and a third innings, five hits, eight runs, eight earned runs, two walks, one strikeout, gave up two home runs as well. He was awful, and he his ERA goes to 8.53 on the year after the game. He was put on the injured list. Anthony Castro was called up from the taxi squad, much to the chagrin of the fan base. Look, I, I, this is one of those fan movements, because I, I know sometimes, I think a lot of fan movements, you know, they come from a good place, but sometimes they are just a little bit misguided. This is one of those times where I say, look, make your voice heard. Uh, show that you are extremely angry about this. And, and I look, I, I'm, I'm aware of the situation. I'm aware of the fact that the Tigers have no intention of competing this season. They don't want to be good. If they wanted to be, uh, they would have decided to be. Here's the God's honest truth. And I got to throw this out there, by the way. I'm not in a great mood today. So I may be a bit more bitter than I have been over the last couple weeks worth of podcasts. But here's the God's honest truth. The Detroit Tigers, much like the Boston Red Sox or the New York Yankees or, or the Los Angeles Dodgers, will be good when they decide to be. That's the truth. Like, you look at the Red Sox this year. Dude, they're abysmal. They, they have no pitching at all. They also just traded their best player, like, ever. One of the most talented baseball players of the last 20 years in Mookie Betts. They decided to be bad this year. They're, they're making no qualms about the fact that they're tanking. But given the money they have, when they decide to be good again, they can be. It's the same with the Tigers. And they have been true with their tanking principles over these last several years, but now as you see guys like Manning and Mize and Scooball being ever so close to reaching the major league level, you see in here that chorus of fans begging just to call up one of these guys, and I, I, don't, I don't blame anybody for feeling that way. I think for the most part, this fan base has been remarkably patient. Given the kind of crap that we've had to watch here over the last several years, I'm not mad at anyone for for begging Al Avila to call up Casey Mize at this point. I will say, because I've gotten a lot of tweets lately, and, and while I do appreciate it, I have to kind of debunk a myth here. I've gotten a lot of people tweeting at me and at Tony Dombrowski saying, man, with the with the type of clout you guys have, the type of power you guys have, you guys need to start a movement. I bet that'll get Casey Mize to Detroit, no doubt. Here's the God's honest truth. I don't have that kind of power. I'm some fat kid who makes videos in his parents' basement. Like, if Al Avila met me, he'd swat me like a fly, and he should. I don't have that type of clout. I don't have the ability to start... A movement. Well, what's that line from Joker? Do I look like Do I look like the kind of clown that could start a movement? No, I don't have the ability to get Casey Mize the, called up here. I am still, as much as I might not like to be, uh, the the kid in the back of the classroom who throws spitballs at the teacher. And yes, I want to see Casey Mize here. I think Casey Mize should be here. I think it is flat out embarrassing that he's not. But I, there's nothing I can do about it, people. I, I'm sorry. You know, an ugly game. On Friday, like I said, a 10-5 to loss. And then you had a game that I was actually looking forward to on Saturday. Shane Bieber versus Spencer Turnbull. The final line for Spencer Turnbull was fairly ugly. Only four and two-thirds, six hits, three runs. All of them earned four walks, a bad sign, and three strikeouts. The stuff looked great. I think he got squeezed a bit. Did pitch out of at least one huge jam there in, in one of those innings. I believe it was the third He'll be all right. I'm not worried about Spencer Turnbull, and as great as he'd been 
through three starts this season. I figured at some point he was going to take his lumps and regress a little bit, and, and he will. I think Spencer Turnbull is going to be an awesome pitcher here, but I, I still don't think he has as high a ceiling as a Mize, a Manning, or a Scooball. Like, I, I don't think he's going to be a guy that every fifth day you can just pencil in seven innings and, and one or two earned runs. I don't know if he's that good, but the stuff is dynamic. They got shut down by Shane Bieber, who right now is just on another planet than every other pitcher in the American League, probably any other pitcher in baseball. 4-0 and right now, went seven scoreless innings, struck out 11 on Saturday, currently rocking a 1-3-0 ERA. He's just been flat out fantastic and that was one of those games where the Tigers lost and I was like yeah it made a whole lot of sense why they'd lose this isn't a great offense you're going up against a pitcher with impeccable command a guy whose command is so good that he gets even the best of hitters to leave the strike zone and chase and he made it look easy going up against Cam Mabin and Austin Romine and Victor Reyes even though the strike zone I thought was inconsistent and terrible uh, Bieber took advantage of it. He's one of the best pitchers in baseball right now. The Indians continue to be an assembly line in terms of producing incredibly talented starting pitchers out of their system. I mean, we're coming up on like 10 pitchers now that have come out of the Indian system who have ranged from either pretty darn solid to legitimately great, like Cy Young caliber, and Bieber is no exception to that. He's looking like he might be the best out of any of them, which is really saying something considering Corey Kluber was part of that system for a while, and he came away with two Cy Young awards. Shane Bieber's on another level. And then yesterday, the Tigers lost an 8-5 to ball game. Michael Fulmer pitched, and... Yeah, you know, it was a step back from what I thought was a pretty encouraging outing uh, five days earlier against the White Sox. What's weird with him is I think the stuff is fine. The changeup's good, slider's good, fastball velocity. I don't think it peaked at 96 like it did in his second outing, but you know it was around 94. You know you can work with that. His issue, I think, is command, and I think that's a rust thing. I think he can get that back, and even though, yes, he got rocked. The line was ugly. Two and two-thirds innings, five hits, three earned runs, two walks, and two strikeouts, gave up two home runs. It was because he was missing. I think as long as the stuff is still good, you can fix command. I feel the same way with somebody like Spencer Turnbull. Like, command will come. I, I, I truly believe that. So, you know, not, I can't call it an encouraging outing by Michael Farmer. His ERA now at 7.56, but... The, the the problems he's having right now are fixable problems. Losing X amount of uh, miles per hour on your fastball or, or losing the ability to get swings and misses on your slider, those are like irreversible problems. Command issues you can work with. And so right now, I am cautious but cautiously optimistic with Michael Fulmer. You know, the offense was able to get five runs across the board. There was a controversial call there. In the third inning, I think I said in my post-game video yesterday, it was the fourth inning that was mistaken. Jamer Candelario hit what should have been an RBI triple that would have scored Miguel Cabrera and actually given the Tigers the lead at that point. Ball got stuck in the padding in right field. Naquin put his hands up. They gave Jamer a double, and Miguel Cabrera uh, went back to third base. In my opinion, a bad call, and something similar happened a few days earlier and it didn't go Detroit's way where the ball got stuck in the padding in left field and it, time wasn't called. In my opinion, a bad call, and had it have been a call that potentially you know cost the Tigers the game, I might have gotten mad about it. Maybe not during this season. I mean, who cares? It's 60 games and the team isn't even trying to be good, but usually that would be something I could see myself getting upset at, but it didn't matter. The pitching was terrible yesterday. John Schreiber, who'd been so good and has been very good so far this season, uh, had a really rough outing 
uh, a day ago, only two-thirds innings pitched, gave up three earned runs. One thing, and I talked about this in my post-game video, but it's one of those things that just gets under my skin. Miguel Cabrera yesterday got thrown out at home plate running through a stop sign. He is good for that once or twice a year, and I've never found it amusing. Like, even back when the team was good even, and people would say, oh, that's just Miggy being Miggy, I, I never liked it. I always thought it was incredibly stupid and selfish. Cost them two playoff games doing that crap once in 2014, once in 2013. Enough. Like, I understand maybe he's trying to compete, you know, trying to help the team. There were no outs in, in, in the, the fifth inning, I believe, and it really screwed him. Next at bat was a double play and ended up putting the game out of reach. I don't know. Like, if he was any other player, that's a, a benchable offense, in my opinion. So now we find ourselves with the Tigers officially under 500 uh, for the first time, I believe, since opening day when they were 0-1. This is not surprising to me. And I understand this team got off to a nice little start. They got off to a nice start the year before. Also, CJ Crone's out for the year. I forgot to mention that. I'm sorry. And I feel bad for the guy. You know, he posted something on Twitter that I thought was a really classy uh, gesture uh, to the fan base here in Detroit. But he's out for the year with a knee injury. That's one thing I didn't bring up, because ultimately I still think that just the opening day roster for this baseball team was worse than probably uh, 25 other or 27 other baseball teams in the major leagues. But one issue that I knew they'd run into, the, and it's the same issue they ran into last year, lack of depth. Once one or two of these guys go down, you don't have anybody to replace them. You're already seeing that with, with Crone going down. You move Jamer, who looked pretty darn good at third base. You move him back to first, where he was near the latter part of last season, and then you have, what, Harold Castro, Dowell Lugo playing third base? Those guys aren't everyday third basemen. They're barely everyday major leaguers. They aren't everyday major leaguers, and so you're going to be playing a few guys every day who probably shouldn't be in a major league lineup, and it's going to lead to a lot of problems. The pitching has been abysmal over the last several days. Matt Boyd back at it tonight. I'll preview that matchup in the second segment, but that nice little start they got off to uh, is is turning out to be a fluke. And if you're smart, you knew it was a fluke. I never bought in. Like, yes, it was nice to see them winning some games, and they did, in fairness, play some really good baseball there for a second. I thought some of the games against the Reds, they looked good. I thought some of the games against the White Sox, they looked good. The game they won against Chicago last week, I was like, wow, that was one of the best games they've played in a while. But I knew water would find its level. This This still isn't a good team. And you know how I know this? It's because they don't want to be a good team. I've already talked about this today. I won't linger on this point, but they are going out of their way to make sure they lose as many games as possible. I have come to this conclusion, and this is not rocket science, right? A lot of people came to this conclusion. Avila and Illich would have been completely fine with this team going 0-162 each of the last three years, and they would have been fine with this team going 0-60 this season. They don't care. They, they are content with going the lazy route, losing every game, getting a top five pick, and trying to build off of that competitiveness at the major league level, they'll pretend they care about it. In reality, they 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 don't care in the slightest. Not one iota. And things are going to get worse here. They have a very difficult schedule coming up. They're going to lose a whole lot of games. So uh, I know some people enjoyed that kind of first third of the season there. Not even first third, you know, first, what, sixth of the season. It was, it was nice. It was neat. It was kind of cute. But uh, that will make way for what is probably going to be a pretty ugly stretch here going forward. Sorry to uh, depress anybody, but uh, the facts are the facts. I'm not going to sugarcoat it here. I'm not in a great mood today. I will be back here in segment number two previewing tonight's pitching matchup against 
the Chicago White Sox. We'll be right back. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even a new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And we're back. This will be a short segment here. Tigers opening up a three-game set against the Chicago White Sox tonight starting at 8.10 p.m. Eastern at Guaranteed Rate Field. We have Gio Gonzalez for the Chicago White Sox. Talked about him last week when he pitched against the Tigers. This according to MLB.com. Gonzalez came within one out of recording his first career win for the White Sox on Tuesday in Detroit, but exited after four and two-thirds innings. He has allowed 26 hits and eight walks over 16 and a third innings this season. He has had a good career, but he's still a very hittable pitcher. You know, he, This is not a guy who's going to instill fear into any lineup, but he is still capable of pitching good baseball if his command is good. And then on the other side, you have Matt Boyd, who uh, this is, I don't, I don't think this is an exaggeration, so far this season, in terms of qualified pitchers, has been the worst starter in Major League Baseball. Matt Boyd currently 0-2 with a 10.24 ERA. Boyd gets a rematch against the White Sox lineup that hit him for seven earned runs over four and two-thirds innings, punctuated by a four-run fifth on Wednesday at Comerica Park. Boyd said after the game that he needs to shake out some bad habits mechanically. Sure, it's worth a shot, dude. The conclusion I've come to is that I just don't think he's very good. That, that's the truth to me. Like I, I, And look, I think he will be better than how he's pitched over the first four starts this season. He can't be worse, but I think he will be better. He's not incapable of pitching good baseball. Like I don't think he's as bad as he's been over his first four starts here, but that doesn't mean I think he's excellent. That doesn't mean that I look at him the way the Tigers have looked at him. They have just admired this guy, uh, just uh, adored everything Matt Boyd's done over the last two years. They have just uh, felt fallen in love with this guy who's pitched, what, 20 good games his whole career here in Detroit. I'll never understand the love affair for that. And Clint Frazier for the Yankees, who was a, a, a supposed potential trade piece in a Matt Boyd deal looks phenomenal for the New York Yankees. He's hitting the cover off the ball, and meanwhile, Matt Boyd has a double-digit ERA. Way to go, Al. I know a very pessimistic show today. I'd apologize, but I'm not sorry. Like, this is this is the kind of baseball that we've grown accustomed to over the last several years, and we had a nice little vacation period there where they looked okay, and they were playing all right, and they were playing with some confidence, and some players were, were surprising you, and now everyone's regressed again, and everything's going to go back to crap. Thankfully, this season, as bad as it may get, I can say this definitively, uh, it will never be as painful as last year because it's only a 60-game season. I'm already tired, so 
That will do it for today's very negative show. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Tigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a positive review of this show. It would be much, much appreciated. Thank you very much for listening. I will be right back here tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day, and go Tigers.